Hey everyone, it's been a while. I've taken a bit of a break to focus on other areas of my life, but it feels great to be back and I'm excited to bring you this new episode with Alan Steinfeld. Alan is an OG in the consciousness and spiritual communities. He's a writer, producer, and speaker in the fields of human potential, metaphysics, and spiritual awakening. For over 20 years, He's interviewed thousands of influential people like Deepak Chopra, Joe Dispenza, Alex Gray, and Paul Selig on his show called New Realities. It was really an honor to speak with him. We dive deep into his ideas about the purpose of life, tapping into our higher mind through out-of-body experiences, as well as how giving up our identification with thought and releasing cultural programming can expand our sense of possibility. I caught up with Alan at an event called Portal to Ascension, where there were dozens of speakers like Alan talking about everything from UFOs to ancient history, consciousness, and all that good, crazy, interesting, weird stuff that I love. I want to give a shout out and thank you to the founder of Portal to Ascension, Neil Gower, who will be on a future episode for uh, graciously donating a room for us to record the podcast and record other interviews as well. So thank you so much to Neil and make sure to visit portaltoascension.org to learn more about upcoming live events and webinars within the realms of spirituality and consciousness. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you can stay tuned on upcoming episodes. But for now, let's listen to Alan Steinfeld. So Alan, thank you so much for joining me here today. It's great to be here in the Cosmo with you. <laughs> yeah. So you've been exploring consciousness and all things esoteric, occult for decades. Um, what is what is what has your journey been like with that for so long? Well, I always thought there was more to reality than what they're telling us on television, what mm -hmm. they're showing us, what they're wanting us to buy on television. So, you know, if you're only following the media or the politics or the religions or what your family's telling you, you'll never really um, understand the deeper truths of why we incarnated here. Why are we here? What is all this about? They won't tell you this in the mainstream or even in the alternative streams. They, you have to kind of find it for yourself. You have to follow your own uh feelings and intuitions that say, I know there's something more. And if you seek, you will find, you will definitely find. Absolutely. And what, what was the first moment for you where, where the crack started to, to show that there was something more to this reality? Well, it started in high school. I picked up a copy of The Village Voice, which was kind of a popular paper at the time. Remember The Village Voice? In yeah, the 60s, yeah, yeah. 70s, 80s. And then, of course, it fell apart. And so there was a little alternative to reality and listening to WBAI in New York. You ever listen to no. BAI? So listen to sponsored radio. I mean, that's still media. But then I started to have some out-of-body experiences. And then I went to see a channel, somebody channeling, which I thought was ridiculous, this you know, uh, I guess she was a housewife from Seattle channeling this 35,000-year-old Atlantean warrior, which you're coming from a psychological point of view, seems totally ridiculous. Sure. I mean, how is that even possible? How is channeling even possible when, when you know, we are just personalities uh, manufactured by our brains, you know, based on our upbringing, 
But then in that moment of watching this woman go into this trance and this other voice come out, I had a altered state of consciousness happen to me. I mean, of course, I had tried marijuana, all those basic things, but this was without any substance. There was the world had shifted. The reality in the room had um, altered. And I was in this um, state of the observer. Like I knew I was not my body. I was observing reality around me. And uh, just for a moment, it sort of, yes, was a first crack in an awareness that there was something more. And I was part of that something more. It wasn't uh, something I had to find out about outwardly. It was something I could find out about inwardly. And so we all have this vast reservoir of of wisdom and information and potential. And, and then I started to realize, yes. And of course, the books and the workshops and the teachers all confirmed what that one experience showed me, that I was not my body. I was the observer of consciousness, that I was the infinite, and we all are the infinite beings that have... Um, been here forever, and each life is a evolution in that awakening to the all-wise knowing intelligence that we actually are. So that was that was a crack. Yeah. Wow, beautiful, yeah. absolutely. Yes, that was a moment of transformation. And, and then, of course, I had some UFO experiences. I had some abduction experiences. I mean, who has Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, so let's, let's stay, I love that. Um, couldn't agree more. Um, as how did it feel in that channeling moment? How did, how did it feel when you were, were the observer? It felt like you are part of everything. Mm. It feels like you're, I mean, you can almost get into that state by just disconnecting from the dramas of the world around us. You can just, everyone who closes their eyes and turns inward and starts to observe their thoughts realizes they're not their thoughts. Yes. They're not even a thinker of their thoughts. The thoughts come and go. Every thought you have isn't necessarily true. It's like we observe, we're the watcher of the thoughts. If like, you know, it's like television. If you can watch the television, it doesn't mean you got to get sucked into everything that's being said there. So we are basically programmed people. You know, we're programmed by our media and by yes. our culture, yep. really culturally programmed to believe certain things, yep. to discount other things. So when someone says they're a 35,000-year-old warrior from Atlantis, that seems totally ridiculous. Or they say they've been abducted by aliens and taken aboard a UFO. Totally ridiculous within the cultural standards that we have um, been brainwashed, conditioned to believe are true. But what if some of these things are actually true? What if they are real in the sense that they are... Uh, beyond what we have been programmed to believe, but yet start to crack open the door. Right, absolutely. And that lesson about we are not our thoughts, right, is something that I am continuing to learn mm-hmm. on a on a you know day by day basis. Um, I'm you know I'm reading uh, A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle oh, right now. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant book. And essentially, the the main idea is, hey, stop identifying with thought. Stop identifying with form. 
And when you can actually start living as pure presence, pure awareness, it's a totally different ball game than being caught up in your head and, and thinking incessantly. Right, but most people don't want to give up their identity because mm. without their identity, who are they? So, right. you know, you have a name or sure. a name you've given yourself. I don't know what your actual real name yeah, is. Yeah, no, that's my Cosmo's real name. Cosmo's your real name. Yeah. Really? Your uh. mother and father said, we're going to call the baby Cosmo. <laughs> they did. <laughs> Good for them. But yeah. still, that's not you. That's not your, sure. I, that's, that's, it's uh, not, that's not a false identification. Yes. That's like who you may think you are. Right. And we may think we're yes. our memories and our history and this happened to me, but that's also a lie. Yeah, this idea of identity and, and spirituality sort of go hand in hand, right? Mm. That the more we learn about ourselves and the world and what's going on here in this reality, we start to come to understand that there's the, the small I, the labels that we choose to identify ourselves with, uh, absorbed from our parents, family, society, et cetera, then the, the larger I, as you were referring to, which is the the watcher or the pure awareness. Right, or the, the mind the, at large, right. as Huxley calls yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So. beautiful. Uh, so what does that mean then? Who are we really? Mm -hmm. Well, we're much greater than mm -hmm. what anyone has ever told us. Agreed. And that's been my search. Yes. And it's so difficult to get out of the program to take the blue mm. pill or there's the red pill. I don't know. One of those pills that get you out of the matrix because the <laughs> mind matrix has conditioned us to see everything in terms of what we think we know. Right. So this is a floor, microphone, a couch, a bed. Those are labels and they are those things because we need to identify the world Uh so we can interact with it, but not to be limited by the the perception of it. Absolutely, yeah. Terence McKenna talks about this brilliantly, right? He oh, says yeah. how um, labels are use labels and language are useful in describing or representing models of things, but the problem comes in when we misidentify the thing for the label. Right. And that's what we're doing as a culture at large and also on a personal level is why we're all so screwed up. All the time, you call your, you call something a UFO, you're calling it unidentified, which doesn't mean anything. Uh, the best way I think Terrence and other people have described this as is the map and the territory. Yeah. The map is a, a, a depiction of the territory, sure. but it's not the territory. Yep. When you're out on the land, you're finding things. A map may be useful, but it won't point out the things that aren't on the map. Right. You have to discover for yourself what the map makers have not put in there. And that's the crack in reality. Sure. And, and it reminds me in a way of how we don't need to be consciously aware of how all of our neurons work and fire and connect for us to be conscious. We just are. Right. Hmm. So... Um, channeling videos are some of your most popular videos on YouTube. Right. Um, they what, are. What, what was it like to, to talk with Bashar, who's one of the most famous channelers? Right, let me just back up a little. Because I 
got introduced to this awareness through channeling. I'm sort of partial to channeling, but I'm also a channeling snob. Mm. <laughs> Means there's mm, a are lot. You? No, yeah, there's a lot of people say they channel, and I've checked out a lot. Yeah, yeah. And and now I'm not putting anyone down, but the people I focus on are the people that I say yes, this seems legit and feels real to me. And they're giving me messages. Mm. So there's a popular channel out there. I won't name who, but it's 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 doesn't really talk to me. A lot of people love that channel and that's great, but there's people that do talk to me like Bashar. It's like, I I can, I think listening to that level of conversation takes me to, to a a greater perspective. Agreed. So uh, I'm not interested in mundane channels. Everyone's a channel in a sense we're channeling now, but. uh, What, What do you mean by that? Well, everyone's a channel. Who you are um, is not the personality. So when you're uh, when you're being inspired, you're actually channeling your higher self. Wow. Of course, consciousness is non-local, so people can shift an awareness and bringing in another aspect, another being. Let's say in the Bashar case, there's actually another, or in the Ramtha case, supposedly, if you believe this, uh, this woman Jay Z Knight leaves her body and another being comes in and uses it to deliver some very amazing messages. Or Bashar, which is supposedly Daryl Anka's future incarnation, is a separate level of consciousness. Or in the Seth material. You ever read the Seth material? No, I'm familiar with it, though. That was the first real uh, modern channel, I would say. Jane Roberts mm-hmm. and, the, and the Seth, his first book was called The Seth Material and then The Nature of Personal Reality. Still very, very brilliant. So I focus on partly on channeling beca- and, and other things as well, but channeling because it's a demonstration of the greater mind. And when we step out of the way from the limit itself, we mm-hmm. do have access to all sorts of amazing beings that want to use this brain as an interdimensional telecommunication device to deliver a higher level of consciousness. And pretty neat. It's it's sort of miraculous. Have you had any channeling experiences yourself? Yeah, I can get into a state. I wouldn't say it's some other being. I would say the personality gets out of the way and I get a clear sense and and can deliver some message which you know is it's not about me i think we can all step out of the way and just get into that pure state of consciousness and 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 do service to others let's call it that yeah so the service to others is a sort of channeling of the divine ah cool like we're all bodhisattvas here love it right yeah we're all the cosmic christ like you're right exactly yeah yeah i'm wearing the uh the alex gray cosmic christ shirt right now one of it's my inten- favorites. Oh, me too. I, I was fortunate enough to see it in person, and it's quite impressive and really, honestly, changed my life. Looking at it, it really, wow, that's really, good. I'll really, tell Alex that. Really this. powerful. Yeah, I go up there and lecture once a year. Oh, at the amazing, Cosm. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful place. Mm. Really, really inspiring. It's inspiring because it's dedicated to multidimensional awakening, and the yeah, art is a, absolutely is a vehicle for that. Yeah, and you know, you know, I th- I think it's. People should be skeptical of channeling stuff. It, 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 it on, on its face, it's absolutely completely absurd and doesn't make any sense. So, um, in the old I don't, paradigm, it doesn't make sense. Correct, it makes sense to me. Yeah, oh, for sure. Right. Um, 
And I think, you know, one helpful way of, of looking at it is regardless of whether you believe it to be true or not, whether some being is actually embodying this, this, this person and speaking through them, uh, does the mes- message resonate with you? Do you find something in there that empowers you, that, that helps you in your life? And, and if it does, then does it really matter if it's them or someone else? It doesn't matter, but it's sort of interesting in the sense that it could matter if yeah. they're, it, because it's a proof that sure. consciousness is non-local. Absolutely. And it's not about a body. Yeah. Although we have great bodies and we should honor those bodies, but... And we have a particular consciousness that's attached to this body because your body is a manifestation of your consciousness in a mm-hmm. sense. But there's an infinite amount of intelligences out there. Mm-hmm. And this brings us to the ET question, really, mm-hmm. because who are these things we're calling ETs except uh, consciousnesses on other levels of reality? Right. Yeah, so not necessarily here on this third dimension, right? That there could, or, be, could be in other higher or lower dimensions. Or moving in and out of this dimension. I mean, or maybe, you sure. know, yeah. what we call this dimension is just a very limited, as uh, William Blake said, a, a, a little chink in a wall that we're looking through right. and we're missing the whole landscape. So because of the cultural training, all that programming. Yeah. And you've mentioned that you've had a number of UFO experiences. I think I have. Of course, you know, I still am very much uh, doubting some of these experiences because they're so far out, you know, but I do remember, if you can call it that, uh, traveling cross country with this girlfriend and being sort of frozen in the night and then waking up not knowing what happened, but there was a little mark on the back of my leg that looked like um, a puncture mark. Mm-hmm. And um, then I was, I've been regressed recently. And, you know, in, in alien abduction regression, it's hard to know uh, what you're remembering because it's you're remembering stuff that in a way you weren't conscious of. So sure. memory is different. Mm-hmm. You're, mem- you're accessing the subconscious mind right. and... That's a very murky area. So when people say they've been regressed to certain um, situations, even not even you know just hypnotic regression, it's hard to know and prove what's real, what's not. I mean, even past lives, all that. But yet, I had a vision of what may have happened, and I've also had past life regression, which you know had that same level of recall, like, oh, I didn't really remember this because I didn't experience this consciously, yet these images are coming to me from somewhere. Was there anything in that past life regression that helped you or inform your life today? Absolutely everything. Well, I'll tell you my life just before this, and it, and it wasn't a picnic. <laughs> you know, It was in some concentration camp in Germany in World War II. Wow. And that was pretty, I mean, I could feel the emotion. Of course, you know, I've seen movies. I can't even watch movies about that. So um, let's see, what would inform every, you know, it's just, uh, uh, it's so deep. Uh, Let's see. Well, when I left that life, I remember consciously leaving because I figured like this, this is just not going anywhere, you know, being in one of those camps before the liberation, those camps were liberated. And so I, I consciously left and then I consciously 
came in, born in, with an awareness. Mm. So, and then when I had that crack we talked about before, it all kind of made sense that, well, I really was always aware of this greater mind. I just didn't realize that we that I was. And I think everyone actually comes to that conclusion when they haven't awakened. They've always been aware of awareness and they haven't been. Right, we're never not connected to that. Right. And so when you have that opening, you realize you always have been connected to yeah. that. So having that past life regression connected me to that eternal mind. Amazing. Yes. So you've you've had the the chance to interview so many people over the years that are in the, you know, spiritual community at large, consciousness community. Um has has there been any common threads that have really stood out to you? The threads that connect all of them is that like I said in the beginning, there's something more to reality. And and each person I've interviewed gives me a little more piece of information that I can share with others that can build a movement of consciousness to say, we are not the human beings that you want us to be in the mainstream, but we're great beings of awakening, wanting to change the planet and changing the planet and waking up to new realities. And when we do that, We'll be a lot more compassionate, we'll be more loving, we'll be more um, aware of our interactions with others. I mean, there's times I go unconscious and go, oh, sure. well, I shouldn't have done that or this. But each each moment then becomes a lesson of awakening and the more present we are with this level and all our actions and our thoughts, the more we can help each other. Yeah, so in your journey in learning about all these various modalities, um, what have you been able to piece together in terms of similarities, differences? What, what are they generally Well, saying? first of all, the learning about these modalities really just confirms my own experience. Without experience, it's just, they're just words. People need, if they want to have a, a, a spiritual or some kind of experience, then go and sit in the dark and, and meditate or watch your dreams. So all these different traditions uh, showed me aspect, those aspects of my own experience. So what did I, I didn't really learn anything from those traditions in the sense they were confirmations of what was revealed to me in my inner experiences. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, they confirm it. There are teachings in these great traditions. I mean, I do have a greater understanding, but without the, um, my own qualifications of this happened to me, it wouldn't mean anything. Right. There's, there's a, there's a big difference between hearing someone talk intellectually about a spiritual concept and then having an experience really uh, grounds that idea into your being. In, exactly. In a, in a whole new level. Yeah, I mean, religions want you to believe, okay? You have to believe. But this is not about belief. Belief is conjecture. Belief is make-believe. Do you believe? Well, let's make-believe. You can make yourself believe anything because it's only belief. It doesn't mean anything. I mean, people talk about faith. I don't know what... I mean, that's a sort of belief. But belief, what do you believe? You know, 
Okay. I believe that, you know, there are people in outer space. What do I know? Knowing is different than believing, and that's a distinction people don't make. I know we're sitting in this room. Do I believe we're sitting in this room? No. I know we're sitting in this room. You know that so you see the difference between believing and knowing? Sure. So my own experience with extraterrestrials, it's not that I believe they exist. I, I know they exist because of my own experience. Yeah. And so tell me about this UFO cruise that's happening. Oh, tomorrow. yeah. That's coming up. Um, well, some of the top researchers in the field, people I really respect who have dedicated their lives to understanding, to investigating the phenomena will be on this uh, seven-day cruise down the Mexican coast, and we'll no see way. what happens. People like Linda Moulton Howe, really one of the top researchers. Richard Dolan, great historian, great um, investigator, great, great um, person to put a context to these experiences. Uh, my good friends J.J. and Desiree Hurtak, who have been investigating this for 40 years, all sorts of phenomena. You see, we... UFOs are not just about people visiting from another planet. I mean, that's a very uh, simple way of looking at this cosmos that we're a part of. We are extraterrestrials. Human beings are not from here. They're not from planet Earth. I mean, our bodies are, but the minds that inhabit those bodies they're from elsewhere. They're from someplace else because we're not like the animals of the earth. I mean, yes, we have animal bodies, but there's something that makes us different. And that's because we, I believe, and this is only belief again, I'm not saying I know, I'm saying I believe, we're a fractal of the great cosmic mind. Mm. So whether that's not whether that's true or not, who knows? It certainly sounds cool and is fun to entertain, right? Yeah, but again, it's just belief. What do I know is is something I am more comfortable with talking about because it's based on my experiences. I know that your consciousness doesn't contain your body. I've had out-of-body experiences, and I've been in this awareness of being in both places at once. So the consciousness is floating outside the body, but you're also aware that you're connected to the body. You know, and you can go back and forth when you're really loosened in that state. And some of these practices, they take time to develop. So they are practice, you know. They happen to people, but to really be good at this, you want to practice. In your out-of-body experiences, what kind of things have you seen or, or witnessed? Well, you know, that's really interesting. I, I mean, I'm very much a beginner in the out-of-body realm and being lucid. I think we all go out-of-body actually every night. You can look at someone sleeping and you can see there. there's no one there. They are gone. So the idea is lucidity. Like how aware can you be uh, of these out of, of these um, experiences that when they're happening, it's like, oh, did that happen afterwards? No. Well, in the moment, if you're aware of that, what I've noticed is that I haven't seen anybody around, really. I've heard inklings of voices that say, just relax into it, you know, because sometimes if you're, if you're trying to move your body and it's not moving, it's like there's a bit of a panic. Uh, and if you relax into 
the awareness, then you can slip right back in your body. So I've heard that, but mostly I felt like I've been out there in space on my own. But the interesting thing is like moving through walls, you feel the density uh, of of the wall. It's strange. I mean, I, I didn't expect to experience that, but I felt like I moved through the wall of my bedroom once and you could feel sort of like the whatever's in there, the, what do they make those walls? Yeah, with? drywall, plaster. Exactly. You feel the density of the drywall yeah, and plaster and so, then you're out. Yeah. So we're at a conference called Portal to Ascension and I'd love to explore this this notion of uh, the, the evolution of, of consciousness with you. Consciousness is, you know, one of the big you know, themes of your life and is one of my passions I as think well. it's the theme of everyone's life, whether yeah. they know it or not. Sure. I, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, like, when you, when you look at the world right now and you see what's, what's going on with all this seeming chaos and disaster and horrible events in the news, how do you make sense of that juxtapose all of this sort of spiritual, uh, other sort of esoteric material at this conference? Well, everybody's on a spiritual path, you know. Some people know it, like the people at this conference, and some people don't who are experiencing the dramas of the world. I mean, we're all experiencing dramas of the world, but there's the unconscious faction, you know. uh, Donald Trump, whether you like him or hate him, he's not a very conscious person, you know. He, He does things automatically without thinking. And that's, in my understanding, represents a level of soul evolution, which is not very experienced. We all go through these phases. We're all evolving souls. So I don't know how many lifetimes it'll take him to start to be aware that his actions have consequences. You know, if he puts people in cages, maybe his next lifetime he'll be in a cage. I don't know. But that's, that's, evolution, and then you develop compassion because you've been those people. And the most evolved people are the ones that can look at everyone and say, yes, I've felt that, I've been that, I understand what you're feeling. So this is the path that we're all on. Some people are in kindergarten, some people are about to graduate. Uh, I don't know where I am, but uh, I like to you know, be at peace with all the people I meet. And maybe that's not always true. Maybe people, you know, trigger you for whatever reason, but that's the lesson. Yeah. So this is, this might be a bit of a big question, but how do you make sense of this reality? Like, what do you think this is all about in the context of why we're here and, and as at in being in, being in a body, being in a human body specifically? That's a question I love to ask people in my interview, so I'm yeah. glad you're asking that. <laughs> and I've thought about this, and I've heard teachings about this, and what makes sense is that we are gods incarnated into form in order to learn about the human experience, in order for an evolution of consciousness. So we're here, I make sense of it in the sense that we are playing in this schoolhouse you know, at learning lessons of relationships, of interaction, of money and abundance and all these careers and fame and fortune. And it's all gives us an emotional feeling, a feeling sense. And it's through the 
feelings that we evolve. So we're here as part of the evolution of consciousness, but we're also here as creators. Mm -hmm. Now, those are two different things in a way. Being a creator is we're pushing the edge of, of creation. We're mimic, so we're making known the unknown. What an artist does is create something out of nothing and, and create solutions, creates um, a, a new feeling sense. And, and we're here to have feelings. So what we're, we're incarnated to feel, not to think, but to feel. And this is why being an artist is probably, I think, the most expansive form of incarnation mm. because a real artist is bringing new emotion to the human population so they can express a further understanding of their own God being. So that's the purpose I feel yeah. of in the incarnational form. That's amazing. I love what you're saying about our purpose is we're here to feel and and not to think, right? And create. We're and here to create. And create. I, I absolutely agree. And when you think about, well, Kailum, what, what's the problem? Why are we all so stuck? Why do we continue to perpetuate misery and war and all of these horrible things? It's like we're all stuck in, well, stuck in our we're head. we're all stuck. Well, I mean, thank you. We're not, we're, right. good correction. We're not all. It's it's easy to tend to overgeneralize things in, in conversation, but um, certainly most of us deal with, um, just this uh, constant, uh, incessant thought, being addicted to our own thoughts. Right. That's, I have a whole theory about that. Tell me. That I believe, and I don't know if it's true, because again, it's just belief. But I think there is um, a level of consciousness or a level of presence that has stopped us from our evolution, from thinking they that has controlled our thoughts. I mean, I don't like to get into conspiracies, but I think some people call that the archons. And sure. the archons have um, live off that mm, recycled ignorance. They live off the dramas and they feed it to us. You know, we get stuck in that cycle because these other dimensional beings are living off the intensity of the human drama and it's perpetuating. And then the other thing that perpetuates it are our own chemical addictions to the drama. So if someone's depressed, they have the chemicals of depression. And when they stop being depressed, their body says, uh-oh, where are those chemicals? They're not judging as good or bad. They just want those chemicals. So they create a reason to be depressed or angry or, or whatever people are um, addicted to. It's chemical, and the way you get over that is to say, oh, I feel that those chemicals wanting to react. So if you're an angry person, and you, you know everybody knows an angry person, they're just waiting to get angry because they are addicted to anger. If that those feelings start to arise in them, you notice it. You say, oh, there's that feeling again. And if you engage those feelings, you get those chemicals going again. So if you strike out or yell at someone who cuts you off in traffic, those chemicals of anger are then engaged. But if you watch it, and I'm not saying to repress the anger, I'm just saying watch it as it arises and don't engage the chemicals. Don't deny the feelings, but don't engage it. If someone gets you upset, it doesn't mean you have to yell at them. You can say, oh yeah, there's that tendency to 
to feel, especially if it's an addictive, habitual way of being. Yeah, people get angry and that's fine, you know, but if it's your go-to emotion, then you want to be aware that there's probably actually something underneath that and your chemicals are telling you to react this way, but usually underneath anger, there's sadness or disappointment or, or it's a reaction to something. So psychology you know, is good that way to understand your own psychological motivations. And that's been a great help. Of course, it's also been a trap, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you bring up this uh, notion of the archons, something that I've been trying to make sense of as well. And, you know, there's this one perspective where, you know, this, what this life is, is uh, a school and we're here to learn and we're, we're gods and we're, we're evolving. And then this other perspective is no, but there's the archons and this is a, this is a, a farm for humans and no. they're addicted off of the, this negative energy and all this. But we have a choice. It's hard to make sense of these, these two no, ideas. No, no, you can make sense of it. We, maybe they are living off our negative emotions, but we have a choice. Yeah. That's the test. That's the test. Of, of the human dimension. You want to keep feeding the archonic energies with your addiction and irrational behavior and your um, emotional outbursts, mm. or do you want to become aware of awareness, homo sapiens sapien, aware right. that we're aware, and not go with the lower energies and step back into maybe the God consciousness, we can call it, and say, okay, I'm not going to indulge in the lower human realms. I'm going to give love where there could be anger. I'm going to give compassion where there could be, you know, no compassion. Yeah, we're so used to being in this reactive space, right? We're, well, we don't have to be used to it. I mean, I, I think we can change our language saying not that we're so used to it. People choose yeah. to be good used to it, yeah. but they that's choosing to be unaware. <laughs> what we're going to talk about is being right? conscious. So there you go. If, if, yeah, we're, what did you say again? I said we're so used to being reactive. Right, so... If you're being reactive, instead of being used to it, step back mm. and saying, why are you reacting? Right. What's reacting? What's reactive, reactable about whatever's happened? I mean, yes, some things do happen and there is a reaction, but screaming and shouting is not the way. That's Those are like mini wars when people act out that way. Right. To be able to have that space in between uh, your ability to respond to a situation, right? That's freedom. That's yes. That's why we're here to be free. Yeah. Thank you. For that's that. great. So I know you have to go soon. I do. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Well, I appreciate your level of questions. I I, I see another part of you, you know, coming <laughs> forward, which is uh, a very conscious part, a part that thank you actually provides a really nice space for people to just share who they are. So I just want to say, yeah, my job has been to connect the dots and go to all these workshops and teachers and, and, and see what's the big picture here. I'm still connecting the dots. I still haven't had the whole picture in place, but part of it's that's we're all the same, but part of it is that there's something new emerging on planet earth. And it has to do with all of us has to do with consciousness and extraterrestrials and spirituality and a new way of thinking 
And what this will lead to is a, is new realities, a new way of cognizing reality, a new understanding of who we are as human beings and transhuman and cosmic beings. And we will become, like your shirt says, the cosmic Christ, all of us. There we go. And I just want to say thank you as well for you know the inspiration to, in part, do this podcast as well, just seeing um, that that it is possible for someone out there to, you know, be uh, so immersed in all the, the the same you know topics mm-hmm. that that I'm interested in, and I'm like, oh, okay, if someone else is doing it, I'm like, yeah, let's, why not? Let's do do well, a lot of us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. you, Cosmo. Yeah, appreciate it. This okay. is great. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Alan, and thank you again to Neil for donating the space to do this recording. We'll be back in a few weeks, but until then, have a beautiful rest of your day. <laughs>